<laughs> Why do I stop just, drinking during the week? I know. Me too. <laughs> this is why we don't drink on the episode. <laughs> Once you pop, you just can't stop. Welcome to an episode of Worth Watching Once, a podcast where we review Netflix original films and ask the ultimate question, was it worth watching once? I'm Thais, and as always, I am joined by the skeptical of who's knocking at my door at 6.30 at night on a Thursday. You should have seen the look on my face. I was mucho skeptical. No heads up. (laughs) To be fair. I did like, you know, like the day before we were texting, you got the idea. And then earlier today, I was like, are you going to be alone later? And you were like, probably. So, you know, (laughs) you should have seen me coming. (laughs) Yes, I should have. Those are major hints right there. (laughs) Major, major, huge hints. It was a pleasant (laughs) surprise, though, when I opened up the door and you had a a big mason jar, (laughs) one third filled. With a <laughs> grape juice looking substance. That's earth blood, my friend. Yeah, it looks tasty. <laughs> like something out of true blood. Well, we don't talk about <laughs> series here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so for today's episode, we'll be covering the movie Uncorked from 2020. Um, it's a drama that's a little over an hour and a half. And I think this is the first drama we've covered that's just a drama and like nothing else i think every single movie we've covered we could probably call it a drama but this one's the only one that's just like well i'm a drama (laughs) yeah and and i was thinking about it and like yeah it's a drama but we also like power of the dog is a drama it's a western yeah western but a drama and it's drama is so like expansive (laughs) like this is a funnish drama compared to the power of the dog Mm. right it's not like a super heavy drama like power of the dog uh i don't know oh okay i feel like there are elements in this ingredients we'll say yeah definitely definitely elements yeah definitely some heavy stuff happens yeah yeah no doubt i'm just i'm still i'm still thinking about power of the dog i'm still thinking about it yeah and i I guess i always will be yeah that's the power of the dog it is. <laughs> it just, you know, marks its territory in some real estate in your mind and it will forever be there. <laughs> it does seem to be that way. <laughs> I'm feeling poetic today. <laughs> yeah. So uncorked. <laughs> yeah, uncorked. It's directed by Prentice Penny. And the premise a young man feels torn between his dream of becoming a master sommelier and his father's expectations that he'll take over the family barbecue business. Or if you're a Google user, a young man upsets his father when he pursues his dream of becoming a master sommelier instead of joining the family barbecue business. I feel like we read the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty much (laughs) it right there. And Mm. from IMDb, it has a 6.3 rating. A little low, I think. I'd, I'd go probably more like a six, seven, mm. a little bit higher, six, eight. The Rotten Tomatoes score got a 91% from critics and a 64% from the audience. And the critic consensus was like a good wine, once you let uncorked breathe, 
its heartfelt tenderness will yield a sweet time. Oh. Speaking of poetic. A little bit. Who's in this movie, Brady? <laughs> Who's in this movie? Let's start off the director. It's Prentice Penny. He directed and acted in some episodes of Issa Rae's Insecure on... I'm going to mention a few times, sorry. I'm going to bleep every time you say that's fine that's fine he also did some writing and producing on various shows like girlfriends scrubs happy endings and brooklyn 99 and this is his first and to date only feature film he also wrote this film and i think it i think it shows when a first-time director also wrote the movie or you know director in particular in general um just the vision i feel like is clear it's more cohesive and it comes it comes across as though it's something that's been bouncing around in the mind of the mm. writer director for a long time. And I feel like this movie was real, real taut and real put together. And, um, and it showed he, he did a good job with it for his, for his first time. He didn't even have any upcoming like writing or directing mm. projects. So I don't know if this is a one-off for him or uh, who knows, but the actors, you know, a lot of times when I'm writing the actors, I will look up to see how you pronounce their names. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> um, Mamudo, Mamudo. Yeah, I was I was gonna say Mamoto. Like I would pronounce every single vowel. Yes. But then I guess that's like more Japanese <laughs> and Portuguese. Mamudo Athi. <laughs> oh, yeah. that was just a butchering, maybe. So I just, I'm so sorry about that, but a great dude. He played Elijah. I just saw him in the Netflix original series, Archive 81. That based came on out a podcast? Like a few weeks ago, based on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> no shouting on competitors. Oh, well, I was going to say shout out to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. please come no, on our podcast it. and we can steal your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> No doubt. Um, so I, I saw him in that. I was like, this guy's so familiar. I like just saw him a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a great job in that. Um, I have thoughts about the series in general, but won't go into it. Uh, he's also been in The Circle, the Tom Hanks, Emma Watson movie based on a Dave Eggers novel. Um, he was in the Kristen Stewart movie from a couple of years back, Underwater. Uh, some shows. He played Jerome on the show. Oh, Jerome, No. And he's in the shows Cake and Sorry for Your Loss. So, oh, Jerome, no, is featured in Cake. Because oh. Cake has like, I guess, I guess the idea is that it has like layers. <laughs> and so there's uh, different stories that got put into it. So, oh, Jerome, no, is like a, a over uh, arching like plot that kind of keeps like coming, like returning every episode. But in between those, you have like other stories that got put in. It's really fun. Cake's really great, uh, especially if you're high. <laughs> uh, right but on, that's, Cake. But that's where I know him from. It was from from Cake as Jerome. <laughs> love a good. I love good layers. Mm. You know, mm. tough to beat. We have uh, playing his father, Lewis, Courtney B. Vance. He's just Courtney B. Vance is fantastic. And I can't pinpoint been, where I know him from. <laughs> yeah, well, he's. He's been in so much stuff, like mm-hmm. too much to list. But I, I say he's been most recognizable over the last few years for playing Johnny Cochran in American Crime Story. That was the O.J. Simpson season. Mm-hmm. You know, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit Johnny Cochran. And he was 
on, sorry again for shouting it out, but no show Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. which was very good. I loved that show. Um, he had a big role in that. A couple of years ago, he was in the Netflix original Project Power. Other recent credits include Isle of the Do- Isle of Dogs, that uh, Wes Anderson animated movie, 2017's The Mummy, the one with Tom Cruise, uh, and some movies from the 90s like The Hunt for Red October and Space Cowboys. Uh, like I could keep going, but it's just been in a ton, a ton of stuff. Wait, can I mention one show? <laughs> Please do. Yeah, <laughs> it was from 2009. Uh, my family and I like stumbled upon it. it was show called flash forward did you ever watch that you know i didn't watch it but i read the book <laughs> oh okay and I'm, so i was kind of stoked for the show yeah. and then like i saw a previous show i was like i don't know how this is gonna be i didn't know it was based on a book i was so hot on the like my whole family shout out to my whole family <laughs> that was the one where like like everything just stops for like a minute and everybody blacks out and like sees the future i think yeah right no yes but I think, well, yeah, right? I, in the TV show. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe the TV show is different. Like, I think they actually like played out the, the future stuff and then they would get bumped back in time. I just remember I just remember feeling like, wait, is this present time or is this future? Like it was just it was so exciting. It was it's just something that I had never seen done before, mm. you know, for its time. Ahead of its uh, time. Yeah, probably. But I don't think it lasted i think that it got canceled after like the first season yeah so not netflix but i don't know kind of worth watching kind of a stacked cast right look at everyone yeah whoa (laughs) stacked cast and that's where i know joseph feeney's finds (laughs) fianes joseph finds Joseph Fine. Like my fianes from uh, after seeing, oh my God. God I'm just going to bleep everything. Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Yeah. yeah. That's where I know him from. Loved seeing John Cho in it. Like Shakespeare in Love played Shakespeare. Damn. But, anyways, so back to the movie that matters. <laughs> yeah. Back to Uncorked. We also playing the mom, Sylvia, was Nisi Nash. Also, <laughs> unbelievable she was great in this has so many credits but i think most people will recognize her from reno 911 mm. yeah, i um, probably agree who that, that was like a double take when i realized that's who it was um because she was like completely different in this obviously she was like a wicked over-the-top character as everybody in that show was in reno 911 uh she's also known for the show's claws scream queens the soul man and more she's great Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both of Aaron's parents were were fantastic. And all three of them had such good familial chemistry together. Like it felt like a father, son, uh, mother, son, husband, wife relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about the movie. Well, mm. oh, I was going to mention two more actors. If you were, you? Yeah. Tanya and Richie. Hold, please. Oh. Is that their names? Uh, the friend and the girlfriend. The friend and the girlfriend. <laughs> um, no, not Richie. Harvard. Yep. Oh. Only because. So Richie he's was pl- much bigger than him. I thought. Well, I oh, recognize you know Harvard from yeah oh, okay. from okay. How to Get Away with Murder. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
And apparently was he in the he, first couple seasons. I think he's like in all the seasons. Oh, is he? Okay. <laughs> also in Archive 81, apparently. Maybe it's a spoilie. And known for um, a character in Orange is the New Black. So hmm. not a stranger to Netflix. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he was in Archive 81. <laughs> He was he was the friend, right? Like the the I haven't podcast host yet. Yeah, okay, that's not yeah. a spoiler. It's like no, yeah. He's there. But again, there we go. Everyone's friends. They work in the same movies. They get in TV shows <laughs> all together. Friends. I'm telling you, that's how they get gigs. You don't have yeah. to like yeah, do it's anything. All about Just, who you know. All about who you know. And then the second person I wanted to mention was Sasha, Com, Com, hmm? Compier, <laughs> Com. There's an accent, but it's I'll buy the, it. It's the other opposite. I don't Brazil doesn't do this. So I don't, <laughs> it's mirrored. I don't I don't know what to do here. Um, I and it was funny because watching this, I'm like, I know her from something. I know her from something. I think I know her from Miracle Workers because the other thing that she's known for, I don't know her for. <laughs> so that's the only like thing I could possibly think of. Right. I thought she was adorable and I really liked her character. And we're getting into it. Maybe yeah. And she had. They had nice chemistry to boyfriend, girlfriend chemistry. All the relationships felt realistic. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's, I think, my biggest note about this movie. So at first, you know, I picked this movie. I watched it. And it was one of those movies where it ended. And I was like, cool. I watched this movie. But I didn't feel the need to tell anybody about it. So I kind of started thinking like, oh, man, like, is this good for the pod? Is it not? Um, that's when I texted you and I was like, oh, like, have you watched it? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I really want to do this or not, but after talking to Jared about it and just kind of breaking down, like what I actually liked about this movie, it brought light the reasons like why it is worth mentioning, worth watching, worth looking into, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest reasons I would say it, it's one of those movies that no matter who you are, you can relate to every single one of the characters because every single character is someone that you've met before. They all play like, you know, everyone knows the the lost, you know, 20 something. You might be the lost 20 something that doesn't know what they want to do with their lives. Uh, you know, you've been around a family who's like, you know, really close. And yet there's that weird, uh, I don't know, like, power struggle or not even like just some weird tension that's you know in between the family that you can't quite like put your finger on but it exists and like you've been to those dinners the sibling rivalry the you know first uh from the first time you met your significant other to how your relationship evolves and how the two of you change how you communicate with each other it's just it had all those elements um and it and it did it it explored those themes so effortlessly that I don't think I've realized because there wasn't like one thing that stood out over everything. Like it just every it, it was like a fine glass of wine <laughs> where all the ingredients work together to perfect the glass. <laughs> I'm trying way too hard. Here. We are getting poetic. <laughs> So I have some thoughts too. First, let's, why don't we give listeners a little background on how it starts out and kind of what the movie is about, where it's going. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it starts off 
uh, we see Courtney B. Vance, and he's you know getting up early and going to get some some Wait. yeah. Sorry, that was one of my first notes. The movie doesn't even start off like that. The intro credits, I feel like, has a lot to say about the movie as well. Fill me in. So, the one of the first things that I wrote was I like the comparison of the two worlds. By two worlds, I mean, you know, the wine world and then like the barbecue world. Mm-hmm. I liked that this intro, you know, it, it was like clips of, I'm assuming like other sommeliers or just like people enjoying wine and or like, um, you know, vineyards and how they're like making the wine and prepping it. And then it would like flash to, you know, a barbecue joint where they're selecting the meat and cooking it and smoking it. And, you know, they're taking their time to like select the perfect spices. And then it shows like them taking the the time to select the perfect grapes. And it was just, I thought it was like a really neat introduction to kind of expose this world of sommeliers that maybe some people have never considered. Like I myself haven't, and this really did open my eyes to it. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be drinking wine a little more differently after seeing this, but just like how you could watch a documentary or even just like a little TV show episode of, you know, one of those like intense, like chefs who are just like, Oh, like you want to really bring up your, your barbecue game, like add coriander to the mix or, you know, something or like a little coffee rub. I don't know. I'm not a, <laughs> a chef, <laughs> but I liked that it was taking something that maybe people are more familiar with, like barbecue, like cooking, you know, seasoning and showing how not so different it is to making wine. And it was like prepping the viewer, the audience for the events to come in the movie so that you can maybe understand the main character, Elijah's like side a little more in passion. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> so yeah, so so we start off with that juxtaposition of seeing uh, Courtney B. Vance's character uh, doing all the things you have to do to set up barbecuing for the day. Mm-hmm. He's getting the the meat and the wood you need to smoke it and this and that. And at the same time, we're seeing Elijah working at the wine shop that he works at. Mm-hmm. And you get this feel that, okay, he's involved in that world. He's interested in the wine world. Well, his father is immersed in the barbecue world and never those two worlds shall collide. Right. <laughs> um, and it sets up some kind of tension between the father and the son. And the father doesn't really understand that that's what Elijah wants to do with his life. He wants to be a wine guy. <laughs> and um, he doesn't really accept that and kind of just makes the assumption that he is that Elijah is going to either help him run the barbecue business or help him open a new shop and they'll work together as partners, whatever it might be. The assumption by the father is that Elijah will go into the family business and Elijah really doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the movie is about in, in a way. Um, it, it's about that journey uh, for both of them towards acceptance, uh, both of uh, each other's dreams and, uh, and accepting uh, each other and, and how they feel about that. So that's pretty much the, the crux of the movie. And then mm-hmm. everything that really happens is focused on the relationships and uh, Elijah's journey towards becoming a master sommelier 
which mm-hmm. is uh, the goal that he's working towards. That's kind of what it is from the start. The guy he works with in the wine shop is a master sommelier, which uh, it said at one point that there are like 230 of these in the world. I think we can, we'll do some more facts and stuff around uh, master sommeliers at the end, mm-hmm. but there, I mean, that's insane. We'll, we'll get into it, <laughs> but it, it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly challenging to be go- to become a master som because he works with this guy who is one that that kind of becomes the goal right from the start yeah it kind of reminds me the way that the story is told it makes me think of anime <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. what why <laughs> because a lot of people don't know <laughs> anime is a lot of the times and i might butcher the way of explaining this but basically usually and manga as well they'll find a way to explain a niche topic through like mundane you know day-to-day life like scenarios so that you can like become part of the story and also explore that niche so like this movie like in an anime was a story about like family relations family values and but with like this weird not weird but like just like new thing that like you might not know too much about to pull you in so it's an anime (laughs) i totally get it (laughs) same thing uh so i think one of the greatest things in earlier like i mentioned that this movie was it felt seamless the way that the story was told from beginning to end one of the greatest things that I loved about Elijah's journey, his like growth, was that it showed a real look as to how it's not linear. Growth is not always linear. Mm. You take a couple steps forward. Sometimes you have to bounce back. Sometimes you got to pivot a little bit to find your way back. And I think that this movie did an amazing job at showing, you know, when life throws shit at you how you as a person need to like you need to decide what kind of person you're going to be are you going to be the type of person that's just going to let you know life throw the shit at you and you're just going to quit because things got difficult or are you going to push through you know you're going to find new ways of getting what you want done regardless of how life is testing you and i think elijah's character explores all of those aspects and it was just like a really, really neat uh, thing to to look at. So like to 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 experience. Um, and one of the things that like stood out to me the most about his journey was when I mean, I don't know how much like we want to spoil about this movie, but something it's it's a drama. It's sad. Something sad happens mm-hmm. <laughs> and it derails his plans a little bit. <laughs> and he and you see this character like suddenly making And not suddenly because like he's shown hints of this in the beginning of the movie as well. And like from dialogue of listening, like from how his parents talk about him to, uh, you know, how his sister like makes one of them. Like suddenly you see him instead of just accepting the fact that these events have happened and now he needs to find a new way of like pushing forward. He's creating excuses for himself and then projecting it onto others. Like he's using his dad as an excuse. Like, no, no, right. my dad needs mm-hmm. my help. Like, you know, I really, and, and I, I think that scene 
to me was one of the like the powerful scenes of him sitting next to his friend, a friend who throughout the movie kind of gives off this like vibe of, yeah, this guy doesn't know. Like he's just living day to day, doesn't have a clue what he wants to do. Like at least that's how I got like the sense of this guy. And so now, you know, it's, we're like halfway through the movie. Elijah has come, you know, across this this debacle and he's turning to his best friend there and he's just telling him like all these like straight up lies, just like, ah, oh, you know, like I really got to be there for my dad. Like I'm just putting my dreams on hold because, you know, like it's my dad basically like needs me more than my dreams. And then you realize that his friend, the one that seems like he doesn't have like direction is like oh, but dude, like, listen to my music, listen to this passion project that I have. And it was like, interesting to see that, like, it was a a line that his friend said that that gave me the impression that like his friend seen some shit too, has experienced some shit. And yet there he is still like, you know, trying to, to make music and like, you're talking about the cousin, right? Oh, that's his shit. I thought it was his friend. I thought it was just a friend. I didn't realize it was a cousin, but either way, it was just like, so interesting to see that how do you pronounce the word juxtaposition of the two of like Elijah who you were like rooting for to like reach his dreams and then this other guy who like you didn't think mattered and how his like this guy's like no like you got to follow your dreams and like keep at it and Elijah's like creating all sorts of fucking excuses um and I don't know I for some reason like that seemed to me like really really stood out Another thing that I really enjoyed was, like I had mentioned earlier, the relationship between him and his girlfriend. You know, you see them meet up to the beginning, like, a you know, a little meet cute <laughs> in the wine mm, store yeah. um, to then like seeing them in a relationship. And you're watching their dialogue evolve, too. From the beginning, they're like very sweet to each other and like, you know, making little comments about the future and like being very... Um, cheering each other on like oh you should do this like you should you know whatever like whatever you want to do i'm i'm here for you and then later down the oh, line he says a thing about the the receptionist her being a receptionist yeah that was like oh <laughs> like we hit we hit that point in the relationship where you know the insecurities lead to barbs mm-hmm. and we're just taking daggers at each other i mean mm-hmm. i guess she didn't really take any daggers at him but no but yeah, so I, I thought that that was inter- the way that they were communicating was interesting because that was yeah. so different. Like the dynamic between the two of them was different from the beginning to later. And I like that. I mean, it's not you know, it wasn't a, a big point in the movie, but it just it added another layer. <laughs> yeah, it added to, to the realism of, yeah. of the whole experience. But I mean, like you said, it the relationship between dad and Elijah. I mean, that's the. That's the meat of the movie. That's the soul of the movie. This That's movie has a soul. Movie. And it's their relationship. I wouldn't say like it's either or. I feel like, well, no, it's, actually it's the mom. Them. Oh, the, yeah. The, the mom, too. Yeah. If it's, a it's, character could be a really if a soul, it would be her. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But the con, yeah, their relationship. I cried in this movie. I wasn't expecting to cry, <laughs> but I cried uh, maybe at a, a time that you you weren't supposed to cry. I, <laughs> like I, you know, other times happened. I was like, Oh, that's sad. And then like, for some reason I just like weeped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
but I just, oh my God, their relationship, like, and that hit home for me, like having a weird relationship with your father and just seeing how the two of them are trying so hard to see each other's point of view and they just keep missing the nail. <laughs> like they're hitting their thumbs all the time, not hitting that fucking nail. And it was just, oh man, like the, and, and I, I, and one of the, the, the parts that really made me giggle between the two of them was so like, you know, throughout the whole movie, like his dad's questioning this boy, right? He's, you know, in his twenties, doesn't really know what he wants to do. And then suddenly he's like, dad, you know what? I kind of really like this wine thing. I want to do that. And his dad's like, oh, just like all the, you know, 500 other million things you like wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like you once wanted to be a DJ. Remember that? And that didn't go well. Like you once wanted to, you know, whatever. So I get his dad's frustration of just like, I wish this kid would just put his mind into something. I just want him to put his mind into something. Right. That's like his true, like, he's like, I want him to be happy. I want him to be successful. Just fucking focus for once in your goddamn fucking useless life. <laughs> now I'm projecting, but like, <laughs> and get something done. And I feel like Elijah's taking the message as like, oh, my dad doesn't believe in me. Doesn't believe in anything I do. Like, no, like your dad, like when he says, oh, like this bar could be where you could do your wine thing. Like his dad's trying to understand it. I mean, he and but also leaving room for, you know, failure because he knows his son, <laughs> his son has failed before. He's just like used to that. And that's how he's thinking. And his son's trying to prove that, like, no, dad, I was a child before, but now I'm an adult. Like, this is my decision. I'm going to make it, you know, and and I loved that, like, tug of war of the two of them basically saying the same thing. I love you. <laughs> And I trust you and I believe in you, but I'm also misunderstanding every single fucking thing you do. And mm. the moment that it like to me really shines is when they're just talking and the father's explaining like, you know, like, well, my father, you know, built this business from the ground up. And then like I, you know, gave up my dream of being a teacher to to do this. And Elijah's like, wait, you wanted to be a teacher? And it was like. Dude, you're like almost 30. I'm assuming, right? He's like in his 20s. But it's like, how long in your life have you like known your dad and just had this like misconception of how your dad even got into the business? Like Elijah always thought that his dad was just like doing it for his father before him. But it's like, no, like he's also made sacrifices. He's been in Elijah's shoes before. But to his dad, like helping his father out, like, you know, Elijah's grandfather, like meant more to him than this other thing. And I think that like helps Elijah understand his dad more. And like from that moment on, it like, I don't know, to me, like that was the, the turning point was like that little conversation. And I and I and like in Elijah's face, like I feel like he, he feels a little embarrassed for not knowing like his dad's true, you know, life story. But then that's kind yeah. of telling of like his dad, too, because like his dad never fucking actually told him. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think it goes back to Elijah. You know, Elijah's a young kid and he's incredibly self-centered as a lot of young people are. I mean, even even people in their 20s, 30s and so mm -hmm. on, like there's there like Elijah is everything is about him. Like if his girlfriend says something to him, it's a shot at him. Mm -hmm. It's not because of who she is and 
or she's saying something because she cares about him or whatever. He's he's taking it as a barb at him. If his father is pushing him to, you know, he he thinks, oh, my father is not interested in me or what I want. Dude, you've never like you didn't know your dad wanted to be a teacher. Like show interest. Right. You no, know, you're not you're not taking steps to so like, yeah, okay, but your father, you know, he loves you and he cares about you. And you're not seeing that because he's not supportive of this wine dream that that you have. Um, but it's a it's a two-way street. And mm-hmm. he's a young kid and and a part of his growth store is hopefully realizing that. I don't know necessarily that we saw that like too much in this movie because it wasn't really a focus of it but he he, you know, he definitely takes steps and it gets closer with his father as the the story moves along and, and things happen mm-hmm. one thing i didn't like about this movie was the usage of music uh, music was only used in transitional scenes there was no background music for anything else mm-hmm. i don't know if you caught that like the movie felt kind of dry for me in that sense and then every time we were transitioning the music would be like a little too loud so that was the only thing like I, I felt like the music kind of broke me away from the storyline because I would get mm. into it and I'm just like oh my god like these people and they're like emotions and, blah, blah. and all of a sudden it was just like in the next episode like episode <laughs> but that's kind of what it felt like it like it was just like into the next scene and I was like oh okay I guess we're in the next scene now and then, like, I, I, I didn't get even into notice this. that it was only used for the transition. I I, I liked the music. I yeah. thought the music was was awesome and um, added to the. Um, it was it was one of the reasons I liked it. I, I liked the music. I and mm-hmm. I didn't notice that it wasn't really playing during the scenes. I I guess I must have thought it worked because uh, it's usually good when I don't notice <laughs> those things. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So watching this movie, Brady, I don't know about you, but I had no idea that becoming a sommelier was so difficult. And watching the process and seeing what they're actually tested on to become a sommelier, it just blew my mind. There are elements that I didn't, I haven't even considered while drinking wine. And like, you know, I've gotten a little bit into it, like, Shout out to my brother-in-law. Like he had us over um, for a whiskey tasting and he had like a whole flavor wheel and like a region. And this was like flash. This movie was like flashbacks to that night with John. So shout out to John and my sister. And for some reason, I just I never considered it with wine. And so I got really curious and I started looking into, you know, what uh, what it takes to become one. And it inspired me to. <laughs> to show up at your door tonight <laughs> with some mystery wine. So listeners, uh, while I tell the story and while we go through some sommelier facts, Brady, if you would like to open your jar and let your wine air oh, out. <laughs> I've been dying to open this mason jar that's half filled with, with some vino. <laughs> so watching the movie and, and seeing that, like, so Elijah, you know, uh, enters uh, a course to become a sommelier and he, you know, has, uh, he makes some friends while in, in the course and they're studying together. They're studying theory. They're studying, you know, the regions they're studying like, um, pairings and they have to identify the wine 
just by taste. And when I say identify wine, I don't just mean like, you know, close your eyes and like picture, like think if it's red or white, (laughs) they need to identify the grape, uh, the climate, the region, if it was old world, new world, if it's, uh, you know, medium, what was it? It was like medium minus acidity or... (laughs) like super extra acidic, Uh, all the different fruits, anything that's not fruity. It's, and it's like, it's not just red and white reds have like four, uh, three categories. It's um, red, ruby, or purple. And then like white has like five categories. Like, is it yellow, gold, silver? Like it's, it's bananas. And then not only do they have to say like, okay, like it's from Spain. Now you gotta say like, where in Spain. And then after they do all of that, They have to write out, they have to then sell the wine. So for their test, they get four wines, two reds and two whites. They have 30 minutes to identify all four wines. So after they've identified everything that's inside this wine, at the end, they have to, they have to write it out as if like they were at a restaurant and they were like, this wine is a full bodied, you know, Merlot from 1965 that was bottled in an oak whatever and you know like it's it's so and then and then they finish it with like I would definitely like pair it with you know fish and chips whatever like it's just so incredible and I just find it so (laughs) (laughs) wait (laughs) all the things you could have (laughs) picked okay when I say fish, you say. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's good. <laughs> that's a word association game. Yeah, um, I'm just having some fish and chips for lunch with a nice tasty <laughs> 1998 Chablis. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brady, uh, while I spit out some facts, if you wanted to go in our shared file, you will find the actual card that a Somali has to fill out during their master's exam. It's under the uncorked file in our shared file for worth watching ones. So listeners, if you've seen the movie, you might have some of these questions. If you haven't seen the movie, I bet you've thought of these questions while we're talking about it. So what is a sommelier? Uh, They're a wine steward or a trained and knowledgeable wine professional. They uh, work in fine restaurants and they specialize in all aspects of the wine service. So obviously like what we talked about, like the taste and and where it comes from, but what it goes with like fish and chips. (laughs) Um, But apparently like today it's become uh, a little more like their role has become like a little more specialized than just, you know, a wine waiter. Uh, so how many sommeliers are there in the world? So Brady, in the movie, they do mention it was like 230 something. Currently, there are 269 master sommeliers. Now, there is a class uh, classification differentiation. <laughs> and that's something they really didn't cover in the movie. Like yeah. they didn't because, yeah, you have to go through like the intro sommelier mm-hmm. course and, and exam and then like certified advanced and then. Yeah you become, or you, you go through the master process. And in the movie, it was like, they didn't mention any of that, which I get, Mm because, you know, you're just trying to tell a story in, in a hundred minutes. Right. Um, But it seemed like he was just going straight for the master without doing some of the other stuff. And maybe he did some of the other stuff. We don't know, but. So apparently 
you can skip all the other previous uh, belts, we'll say, like if you're going for like your black belt, like straight black belt, you can go straight black belt as long as you have a former black belt (laughs) to vouch for you. So in the movie, he was working for a master. <laughs> it's sommelier. all about who you know. It's all about all who about know. who you know. <laughs> and they can essentially be like, yeah, they don't need to become certified or like whatever. Just go straight for the masters. But they do recommend like taking the course and and, and whatnot. So the course can be um, as little as like I think like six months up to a couple of years, uh, and depending on like if you're doing you know if you're starting off as you know, a novice all the way up to the masters or uh, they have like accelerated courses and, and whatnot too. One thing that I didn't get uh, clear answers about, I, cause I was trying to understand, like, let's say you become a certified sommelier. Uh, how long does that certification last for? And I kept getting like some articles would mention something about like three years. Uh, so s- so some of them would say like after three years, if you haven't passed to the next level, like you lose your certification. And then there's an article talking about uh, how it's like all a scam because like the moment you start getting into it, like you need to continue leveling up. Otherwise you lose all of it and have to start over. So it's just like a big waste of money. But um, other articles were talking about the three year rule was more of for certification uh, like level you needed to pass three aspects of the test for masters. It's only um, two tests for the certification. I guess they broke it down into three parts. So let's say you were super great at theory, but you failed at the tasting and the pairing aspect of it. Now you have three years to pass those other sections so that you can get fully certified. If Mm. you don't, you have to start over. Like you have to start the course over. Um, it's like but, back in the day, you could take the SAT again and like use your your best scores, like combine them from past mm-hmm. tests. Yeah. Uh, for the master course, the two parts that it is, they're like $995 each. You have to pay for each part separately. So you're paying like $2,000 for this fucking test. And if you fail it, you have to pay again and again. And it's just like, Plus, tell you, this thing blew me away. I don't know if this is real life, but like in the movie, when they were, they weren't just going through the list of all the things we mentioned about acidity and, and new world, mm-hmm. old world, where, where is it from? What's the region, et cetera. It, they were naming like the specific wine, like 2013, blah, 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 blah. Like, well, that's, yeah, they're like which uh, bin it was from. <laughs> oh, like what? Like how long it's been aged for? Like yeah. the, the year, the like the very like the specific bottle. It's yeah. insane. That means you have to know, like every wine ever made, every new like, one. Yeah, to be able to taste it and be like, oh yeah, this is a wine from like twenty years ago. Right. You're like, oh, this is definitely a Merlot, but like, it tastes a little more bitter. So it's probably been aged for mm, I don't know ten years, but. If they age it in a basement, then it's definitely like 15. So I'm going to say it's a 2015 bottle of, you know, like it's so crazy. There's no way. There's no (laughs) way people can do this. There's no way. 269 people in the world apparently can. Now, out of the 269, there are only three black sommeliers. Come on. Yeah. Uh, So looking into this fact, I found a really interesting uh, article 
on unruly.com uh, where they listed seven black sommeliers that we should all be following on Instagram. So I'll definitely link that on the show notes. Uh, these people just look so incredible, so knowledgeable, so much fun. Like I was checking out their profiles and I'm like, I want your life. Uh, but, and just some of them, uh, you know, they, they specify more on like food pairings. Other ones are just like, you don't know anything about wine. Hmm. Well, maybe you should try it this because you are tall. I don't know. Like, it's just like, they have like their own little quirky ways of like introducing you to all the different wines. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like really excited to get into that side of things. Um, if you're like me thinking about the movie and thinking about, he's only like in his twenties and he's becoming a sommelier, like how young or old do you have to be to become one? So America's youngest certified sommelier was 21 years old. Makes sense. Drinking age. Um, Victoria James <laughs> was the youngest American uh, to get certified. What do you don't drink it yet, Brady? We're not there yet. Put that down. Put it down. I'm, I have to have this sit in front of me. It's been yeah. like 10 minutes. Well, we're almost there. Oh, okay. We're almost there. Jesus fucking Christ. Hold your horses. Um, but the youngest master sommelier, that title goes to Toru Takamatsu, 24 years old. Now, wow. the difference in salary, I was looking up like the first level sommelier, you're looking at like $30,000 a year. You know, you'll probably be hired by like, I don't know, Olive Garden or like, <laughs> like, you know, like chain restaurants or something like that will hire you like master sommeliers. Like you can be making like $80,000 or even more depending on the restaurant that you work for. Uh, yeah. The numbers I saw were, I saw the median salary for a master sommelier is 164,000. That's what I saw was the, the median salary. So I don't know how much these vary because because mm. the other ones I saw for like the first, second, third level were like 50, 60, 70. Um, um, but those are median or average, maybe. I'm not sure what the difference in the numbers are. But, uh, you know, you you get pretty well compensated, I think, if you're a if you're, you're one best, of yeah. 267 people in the world that can do so. <laughs> what you do, like 80, 80K sounds way low for only being one of 269 uh, they're like uh, two there's so many people in the world like 269 of everyone on the planet like what else does that exist for like not much mm -hmm. like like you know being an nfl quarterback like that's hard to find or a brain surgeon <laughs> They're probably way more brain surgeons, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like if you're, but like if you specialize on, sorry, I'm like super far away from the mic. I was pouring wine. Uh, you know, there are like, you know, a heart surgeon that only specializes or like specializes on both sides of the heart. Like mm, apparently there is like ones yeah. that only work on like the out way. And then like another one that works like on a, the Like a Dr. Way. Stephen Strange mm. for like spinal. Mm. Wasn't he like a neurosurgeon mm. or something? Related to movies, Thais. <laughs> <laughs> Help me understand. Uh, if you're like, what was that movie, Awake with uh, Hayden Christensen, where he goes under open heart surgery and he's like awake for the whole thing? This is why I'm afraid of. Oh, awake is like a, a crappy Netflix original movie <laughs> where people can't fall asleep. No, no, no. But there's. Oh, is there another one called Awake? Yeah. From like, I think it was like 2006. 
It was like after the super, the super, oh my God, we're done here. Anyways, <laughs> we haven't even started to drink yet. We haven't even started to drink. Jared, do you want your glass? So Jared might partake in the quizzing. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to be like Michael Scott here. Like, it's a white. <laughs> well, let me pull up the, the fucking card so that I can write my notes. Writing my notes. <laughs> okay, so to start us off on the card here, it asks for color. So colors are garnet, ruby, or purple. What do you think? I'm going to say... Oh, interesting. I was going to say purple at first, but it might be ruby. Oh, you, you poured yours, huh? You're not going to drink yours out of a mason jar? <laughs> no, because I'm a fucking classy bitch. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I kind of want to say purple because it's so dark. This is mad dark. What's garnet? How do you put garnet on here as a color? That's like the very bright red. Me. That's like bright red, I'm assuming. I'm going to say purple. I'm going purple. I'm going purple. Yeah, me too. You have to go purple. Yeah. Uh, if garnet is what you say it is, <laughs> and I think I know ruby, it's saying garnet or ruby. This is a purple. Yeah. <sighs> I'm like breathing it in. I'm like, oh, I don't have a thing to spit it out in because we're just going to fucking. Oh my God. I'm accidentally opening things in my lap. Spit laptop. it out. Yeah, because they don't drink it. They spit it out. Were you not watching the same movie I was? <laughs> no. I... <laughs> Hey, I've seen sideways. I know about wine tasting. So the next step is identifying fruits. So we have to identify if there's red, black, or blue fruits and what they are if there are in it. And then we need to, by nose, <laughs> identify if the fruit is tart, ripe, overripe, or baked. And baked could be dried or um, oxidative and then overripe can also be described as jammy or stewed and then fruit condition through the palate. So that's when we get to taste it and decide if it's tart, ripe, overripe or baked. Uh, and you have, you, it can be up to two fruit conditions, uh, sorry, up to two fruit condition boxes may be filled for the nose section here. So <laughs> now do you have like a, whatever wine you got here mm -hmm. do you have like a filled out version of this for this wine not yet <laughs> so okay. i'll have to look up the answers later okay uh, so tbd it's tbd originally okay. i was gonna have jared look it up and then have it filled out for us but then he wanted to take part in the guessing yeah no, <laughs> so no I doubt poured him a glass he's he's well yeah because he's probably actually good at this right like i want to see like how shitty we are compared Oh my God, I'm not going to have a clue. <laughs> um, okay, so for fruits, I'm going to say maybe some blackberry, some, some raspberry. I'm getting like tart, you know? Actually, wait. I mean, what, what the hell yeah. is baked? Uh, if, or they're dried. Like if they've been, you know, like uh, <laughs> dried up by the sun, like because you have like, like think of um dried raisins like if these were made of raisins <laughs> no I, I was thinking of like um uh like dried cherry tomatoes <laughs> prunes it's a bit pruney mm. yeah i guess prunes oh 
Actually, that's a good point. A plum. I think plum. I think it's I think it's ripe. It's I was going to say tart. So <laughs> I think I'm going to take back my raspberry and I'm going to say plum. You think ripe, huh? I, Wait, guess- I have to guess what what kind of fruit this is. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> but but specifically, it just says color, red, black, blue. Right. So like, is there a red fruit in it? Is there a black oh. fruit in it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> a black, I can only think of one black fruit. Yeah, blackberry. <laughs> yeah, they're multi-black fruits. It's a whole category, black. Are there multi-black fruits? Um, I guess acai. Oh, no, acai would be blue. I'm trying to think of all the different. <laughs> I don't know. This is why we're terrible. So this this this. Uh, this vintage vino has a lot of acai in it. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do tart and ripe. I'm gonna put. <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever you want. We don't have to be the same. <laughs> oh, up to two. Up oh, to my two. Goodness. Yeah. Are you gonna taste what is, it? What does jammy and stewed mean? Are those um, separate things? Other forms of saying overripe. <laughs> so yeah. like, you know how um, like strawberries get like mushy towards the end of things, but they taste sweeter. Yeah, it can. That's what I'm assuming it would give like that. The overripe jammy. I'm going I'm I'm to go. I want to be different than you. I don't want to just pick the same stuff. I'm going to go tarp and jammy. OK, OK. Yeah. Def- this is definitely jammy. <laughs> okay. i'm gonna taste it now it's, it's the the palate okay it's palate time palate time <laughs> swirl yeah swirl got a swirl yeah, yeah how, swirl how are your legs over there i got some good legs i forget what the legs mean <laughs> interesting hmm. i hope our listeners like all our yeah, this, like is, yeah, this is good radio. <laughs> it's great radio. I might edit it <laughs> or I'll just leave it as is. You're mm. going to have to you're going to have to post a picture of what this this thing looks like. Oh, shit. I should have taken a picture before drinking all of it. I just chugged the wine. <laughs> was, it, was it too late? It's already gone. <laughs> it's still here. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Sorry. no, I need to focus. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say tart. Yeah. Tart and overripe for the palate. (laughs) See, I think it's a bit oxidative. Mm, mm. Um, it's a bit oxidative and it's a, (laughs) are these opposites? Is like oxidative, the opposite of stewed. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I'm only gonna say oxidative. I don't have to pick. Oh yeah, it says up to two. You're right. Like, is tart the opposite of overripe? Oh no, like, is pick, it? Do we pick o- opposites? I'm not gonna mess around with the two. I'm just gonna go with overripe and palate oxidative. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, for this next one, is non-fruit oh elements. So eucalyptus. If- <laughs> So if you could uh, taste or smell like floral, vegetable, green peppers, savory, dried herbs, tomato leaves, wet uh, leaves. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm getting some I'm getting some uh leather, tar, <laughs> wet leaves, sulfur, peppercorn coffee, mocha, eucalyptus. Yeah. Game. I like game blood cured meat leather. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Balsamic or mm. tar. Blood and leather. New oak. Yeah, vanilla, smoked toast, coconut. Interesting. Mineral. Mm. Oh, so like oh mineral. my god. Wait a second. The, but then this gets like interesting because now we have to mark yes if the quality is apparent and key to your conclusion or not apparent or not key to your conclusion there's so many points we're not doing this the right way i don't even i don't <laughs> even know what that means so like if you like taste a little bit of mint in it but like it's it's not really like the main focus of the show is what i'm assuming the key to your conclusion definitely i'm getting some peppercorn yeah getting some peppercorn I think out of all these, like, mm, I don't know. I don't taste any of these. <laughs> yeah. It tastes like wine. It's like just red wine. Does it taste a little forest floor to you? <laughs> I'm getting some forest floor peppercorn vibes. <laughs> I thought you made that up and then I saw it. <laughs> oh, it's on there. It's under the organic earth category. <laughs> But I definitely get that because like mushrooms leave like a dirty taste to things. So now I understand like the forest floor, wet leaves taste. Yeah. That like musty, like yeah, earthy. Yeah. I don't get the earthy out of this. Um, Or stone or smoke. I guess a little gamey. I'll say gamey. <laughs> Maybe because the color red. <laughs> hmm. Okay. We're going to move on. Now we need to talk about the structure of the wine. So this is broken down into three categories. You have tannin, acid, and alcohol. Within the three categories, you have four options. You have low to moderate minus, moderate, moderate plus, or high. And I forget what tannin means. <laughs> uh, why don't I fill you in? Tell Thank you, you what tannins Please. are. Yes. Uh, so tannin, I just know this off the top of my head. Uh, ah. Tannin is a naturally occurring polyphenol found in plants, seeds, bark, wood leaves, and fruit skins. I didn't read that. <laughs> um, that's too that's too complex to read. Um, so actually, I know where the term tannin comes from too. It comes from the ancient Latin word for tanner and refers to the use of tree bark to tan hides. Oh, so I'll give you some okay. examples of wine tannins. Grape seeds, oak, grape skins. So it's like the texture, mouthfeel. Tannin powder. Uh, well, tannins taste like, uh, tannins want to add bitterness and astringency as well as complexity. Hmm. So it's most commonly found in red wine. Yeah. Although some white wines have tannin too from aging in wooden barrels or fermenting on skins. And let me give you an example. So if you put mm -hmm. a wet tea bag on your tongue, 50% of the dry weight in plant leaves are pure tannin. Hmm. So like other foods with tannin, tea leaves, walnuts, almonds, uh, other whole nuts with skins, dark chocolate, cinnamon, clove, and other spices, pomegranates, grapes, and acai berries. Ah. Ah. And tannins are good for your health, possibly. But not tanning. <laughs> You've had too much. <laughs> All right, so um, the tannins, what do we think? 
I'm thinking either moderate or moderate plus. I'm getting some texture. I would say, you know what? No, I'm going to say moderate. For a red wine, like it's not as smooth as I would want it to be. Mm, It has like a little bit of like, I would describe it as like bite. Mm, mm -hmm. So that's why I was thinking like moderate or moderate plus, which makes me think like, oh shit, was there like some oak in this bitch? But I'm going to tell you, if I think about the structure of this wine, (laughs) the tannin, I would say moderate plus the acid, I would say moderate plus Mm. and the alcohol. I would say moderate, maybe moderate plus. I'm going to go moderate plus across the board for the structure. I'm going to say moderate, moderate plus, and then moderate. Mm. So now we have the conclusion phase where we have to describe what grape was used and why. World of origin, if it's new world or world. Uh, So I guess let me explain a little bit, guys. Or let me finish. Type of climate, if it was cool, moderate, warm, where the the, the grapes were um, graped, <laughs> raised, <laughs> grown. Yeah, hmm, I'm um, trying to think of yeah, and then, grown. Yeah, country raised. of origin and then general age of the wine. So now before we get to this, this part, I wanted to explain to Brady. So Brady, in order for me to get this wine, I went to Total Wine. Shout out to Total Wine. Great, great. Spot. Everett? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, great spot. <laughs> and I walked in, I found the nearest sales associate I could find, and I was like, curious requests. And they were like, okay. And I said, listen, I'm doing this wine tasting thing for a podcast. I can't know what the wine is. So what I'm going to need you to do is go get me a bottle and like immediately put it in a bag so that I don't see it. <laughs> and she was like, what now? <laughs> which is an appropriate response to (laughs) what I had just asked her to do. Um, So she did ask, she was like, okay, like price point and um, you know what region. And so I said, can we just do American? Because I didn't want to get too fancy crazy with like, you know, weird places in Spain or France or something that I wouldn't know because I've never been. Uh, So it's definitely an American wine. Obviously it's red and it was $12.99. If that helps you in your. (laughs) Oh, it does. (laughs) I, um, I also asked her if, um, if she could find one that had like funky things in it, like the more ingredients, the better. Oh, now you tell me. (laughs) Oh, wet leaves. But at the same time, I feel like this is so straightforward. It just tastes like it looks. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, primary grape, I was thinking the first time I looked at it, I thought Merlot, uh, drinking it, it's a little lighter than a Merlot. It's not as dark as a Malbec. <laughs> so we're going to land on another red grape that I can't think of. I don't know all the red grapes. This is a cab sap. Yeah. One like all day long. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's a Pinot or a Zinfandel. I think, I think you're right, Brady. Shockingly. 
<laughs> is this all you drink? Is that because why? I have no, no, I have, and I, you know, I, I used to drink a lot more wine. The wine that I have, because I have little, you know, I have a little bar in my apartment. And there's like a wine rack. And it's it, it, it's you know usually filled, and I'd have you know, friends over. We'd have like a bottle a week, or I'd go through a couple bottles a week. So I go through a lot, but I never really stopped to think about. Know what's in it or what I'm doing. It's one of those things that I always wanted to learn more about. But it's mm-hmm. like, dude, this sheet we just went through is super <laughs> daunting and like way out there. Yeah. Like blood. <laughs> but like, what are we talking about here? So I, I think there's there's like definitely a barrier to entry of just like accepting that it's ridiculous. <laughs> and but but clearly there are some people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. But I also here's a quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. There's a movie, a documentary called Sour Grapes, and it's about this guy. It came out, I don't know, five, six years ago, and it was on Netflix a while after a while. I don't think it's a Netflix original, but it's very interesting. And it's about this basically con man who was from, like, I think the Philippines, maybe. And he moved to America, had some like family money and was very wealthy and flaunted his wealth and immersed himself in the wine world and would go to wine auctions and bid all of this money. He was throwing money around buying wines and hosting wine parties. And he was really in this community and just buying a ton of wines. And it turns out, spoiler alert, but -hmm. like, you know, this going into the documentary, he was basically like faking all of the wines. So he might like... (gasps) He might buy a wine bottle, but then he would like create labels and he had this brilliant strategy of like uh, his palate was incredible and he was able to blend wines together, cheap wines to make them taste like these super expensive wines. So we'd auction them off for like tens of thousands of dollars and then uh, the sommelier would take a taste and be like oh yes this is brilliant it's like really just like you know 40 bucks of wine Mm -hmm. mixed together wow so that movie really made me question well like how good are these people (gasps) at what they're doing i'm because they're being fooled by you know this kid this like young 20 something guy who's just like throwing these wines together from cheap bottles I, I found that story to be very interesting. It made me question the whole wine industry and like the talent of people because, you know, you've heard before, oh, you know, you can taste a, a $20 bottle, dollar bottle of wine. And it'll taste like a $400 bottle of wine. There's like not a huge difference. I, I would tend to agree. I don't know if I had a, like a $400, but I've had like, you know, expensive wines and I don't see like a huge difference between like a good, you know, $25 bottle of wine. Mm. So, you know, having said all that, I don't know anything about wine. There, there was a time when I wanted to learn more. And um, I, do, I do think it's super interesting. And it's like fascinating when you meet people who can like, you know, tell you a lot more about it and, and taste the flavors and the tannins and identify the acidity and the, the, the wet leaves and stuff like that. Um, that ain't me, though. I think it's a cab salve. But I couldn't even tell you of all, all the the types of grape. So, well, you know, what I was shot thinking? in the dark. What are you thinking? What if it's a red blend? Mm. Maybe we could blend both our worlds. Like maybe we could do be, have Merlot and it's a, a cab sab. Could be a blend. Yeah. So I'm going to go Merlot cab. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Also, because I just like pronouncing it Merlot. 
speaking of true blood. <laughs> I I think it's New World. Agreed. Because um, it's American. <laughs> let me you get one explain here. why. You let gotta me get explain one. Why. <laughs> um, just everything. The peppercorn, especially <laughs> the type of climate. I'm going to go with moderate. I think this Same. is probably a Napa Valley. Same. Wine. I also wrote California. I'm only going with that because where else do we get wine them. in America? <laughs> right, you know, Washington, Washington oh. State. I can think of Oregon, uh, Willamette mm. Valley. Drew Bloodsoe makes his, has a vineyard in in Washington State where he's Ooh. from. Shout out Drew Bloodsoe. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's local. I don't think it's a local wine. I don't think this is a Boston wine. No, Massachusetts wine. Yeah, I love Boston. <laughs> There's more to funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, this was in the tea party. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's it. Oh, general well, age one to three years. Oh, I was thinking four to six. I think it's one to three. Like four. <laughs> now it says sell this wine to your yeah, guest be, in two sentences or less. <laughs> Which brings us to. This episode was sponsored by our wines. <laughs> this wine is a cozy winter evening sitting on a comfy couch next to a good friend watching a Netflix original movie with not a care in the world. <laughs> and it's a red. <laughs> or <laughs> a California Cab Merlot blend, crisp to the tongue when you're healing from a breakup and wanting to feel your cut up throat burn as it reminds you of the cries you've wept last night. <laughs> We drink the same wine. Um, well, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I I think my pitch sells me on it a little bit more. I would say your pitch is a little more accurate for how it tastes. <laughs> so it depends how we're how we're scoring or scoring that one. Jared, do you have your score? Oh my god. Oh, Jared, just guess the wine. What do you would you guess? Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Listeners. Meow, 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 meow. We have a special guest. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> meow, meow. Me. Jared. <laughs> of It's This Meets That. Uh, I think it's either a Malbec or a Cab. And I think she tricked you. I think it's from Sud America. <laughs> come on. <laughs> He's saying, come on. Don't know where. Don't know where. Maybe Argentina, Chile. Why do you have to say it like that? Still <laughs> new that world. Peru. Still new world. Oh, definitely new world. Yeah. A hundred, a thousand percent new. A thousand world. percent. I, I could taste it. <laughs> Grow yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Big reveal then? Uh, pretty tannic. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. How young, Jer? One to three years, four to six years, or seven plus? Uh, I think four to six. 
Yeah, I'm thinking four to six. I'll stick with what I said originally. What the fuck? I told her America, but maybe she thought America's America's. Yeah. Damn it. God damn it, Jared. We have 100 percent. Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How you pronounce it? From Mendoza, Argentina. Yeah. Mm. This wine, 2019. It says 10 months aged in 50% new barrels and 100% French oak barrels. Deep ruby red color. <laughs> Complex uh, aromas. <laughs> the, the easiest thing to get, the color, the and color. I didn't get that right. I need uh, to see a chart, though. Um, so complex aromas with cassis. So complex aromas with cassis, mature red fruit, and coffee from the oak. Didn't I say oak earlier? I just never wrote it down. Rich and long-lasting on the palate, its tannic texture provides a smooth and pleasant uh, and uh, smooth and pleasant finish. God damn it, Jerry! Get the fuck out of here. Solid. <laughs> Moderate climate. Uh, you know, I don't think the bottle says that. So that's something that we're gonna have to look at. Un- I don't know why I thought you were familiar with the with Mendoza, Argentina. <laughs> oh wait, source from our high altitude vineyards in Mendoza. High altitudes, cold climate, isn't it? Well, could be. The most well known wine region in Argentina. This wine reflects the outstanding natural soil and climate conditions. <laughs> what climate conditions? Who, <laughs> listeners? I will try and fill out this card with our answers and what it actually was supposed to be posted on Instagram and in the show notes, also in our website. I would say this game is worth playing once. This is kind of fun. If you had known absolutely nothing about wine like we do, maybe you watch the movie once and now you think that you can be a sommelier, definitely join in on the fun. (laughs) You know, no stakes because we didn't really pay much we didn't pay two thousand dollars to fuck up this bad <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be some garbage <laughs> that, that was fun i mean anything's fun when you have a nice cab salve mm-hmm. and a netflix original i mean i think that's the true sponsor of this episode cab salve and yeah. netflix and chill no doubt Listeners, gather around your TVs with your family, open up your favorite bottle of Cab Sav and enjoy this movie. And then open up a discussion with your family about things that maybe you, you know, might have misunderstood about each other. I feel like this movie really helps with those types of conversations, you know, really clear the air with some bottle of wine. Do a little uh, blind taste test with everyone. But look up the wine maybe before doing it so then that way you can sound smart. And then your family will like you more. No, the wronger, the better. <laughs> Have some fun with it. The wronger, the better. Yeah, get wild. So consensus here, Brady, is a movie, is uncorked worth watching once? It is. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's especially worth watching with a bottle of wine. No doubt. And, oh, man, get your favorite barbecue. I was so hungry watching this movie, too. Mm. 
oh man when they're talking about like the different woods yeah, that they're using like to smoke good, that good barbecue oh. with your favorite spanish rioho i think that wraps it up should we put a cork in it put a cork in it <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Worth Watching Once. For more movie reviews, follow us on Instagram at Worth Watching Once or on Twitter at WW1Pod. And be sure to check us out at WorthWatchingOnce.com where you can view all our episodes plus some bonus materials. If you have any suggestions on what to watch next, email us at WorthWatchingOncePod at gmail.com or reach out to any of our social media profiles. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen to stay up to date on our new episodes. We release every other Friday. And make sure to show us some love by rating and reviewing our show as it helps us get noticed. Thanks again, and until next time. Peace.